Welcome to Rejuvenaging with Dr. Ron Kaiser. This is a podcast that is devoted to living enthusiastically today, tomorrow, and every other day. I am your host, Ron Kaiser. I'm a positive health psychologist and the author of the award-winning and best-selling book, Rejuvenaging, the Art and Science of Growing Older with Enthusiasm. Our series of podcasts is actually broken up into two forms. Once a month, I do a what I call personal training on aspects of rejuvenating or some of the other concepts that I've developed, such as the mental health gym and goal-achieving psychology. But most of the month, our podcasts are devoted to interviews with people who lead their own lives enthusiastically and who are able to provide guidance from their perspective to help you to lead the most enthusiastic life and become the best version of yourself wherever you are in the lifespan. And today we have a real powerhouse of a guest. I know you're going to both enjoy from an educational standpoint and from an inspirational standpoint. David Schreiner-Kahn is a recognized authority on entrepreneurship, leadership development, and the host of the business podcast, Smashing the Plateau, which I encourage you all to listen to and subscribe. David developed his leadership skills over 25 years inside organizations as an employee before making the jump to entrepreneurship in 2006. He now inspires and guides highly skilled professionals who yearn to jump to entrepreneurship and impact the world with their knowledge and creativity by becoming successful entrepreneurs. David, welcome to the Rejuvenating Podcast. It's great to have you with us. Thanks so much, Ron. I'm honored to be here. I think we should get right into it because I know anytime I talk with you, lots of information comes out. So let's move forward. First thing I did mention, smashing the plateau. While I think I know what that refers to, it may not be intuitive to all the, the listeners. So can you kind of fill us in? What does the name mean? Where did it come from? And so on. Sure. There are a lot of uh, podcasts and business resources about starting something new, starting something as an entrepreneur, starting a new business, getting things off the ground. What I found when I started my podcast was that there was way less available in terms of information about how you get to the finish line, which is part of the reason why I'm really thrilled that you and I are, are talking about this, because we're talking about how do you maintain success as you're going through business and going through life, particularly when you are, let's say, the, the second half of your career, whether you're an employee, entrepreneur, and even for somebody who may not have spent most of her or his time working full time, how do you stay actively engaged and enthusiastic throughout the second half of your adult life? And it's not so simple. So I have interviewed... At this point, around 500 guests where we have talked about some of these issues. Most of the guests have been entrepreneurs. It is a business show, so we talk a lot about how you achieve long-term success in the business context. But frankly, I find that any of the principles we talk about also are relevant for non-business aspects of one's life. So what I'd really like to know, uh, as I was going through the 
the introduction. I'm sure that a lot of listeners probably said, geez, this is a guy who lived out my dream, that he worked for somebody else, and at some point, he moved out on his own. And I'm wondering, what made you do it at that point in your life? And what encouragement or ideas can you give to others who may be thinking about that? Yeah, so so Ron, what made me do it when I did it, which was, as you mentioned in the introduction, it was, uh, I, I've been working for others for over 25 years. And frankly, the reason I didn't do it sooner was I didn't have the courage or the the environment to help me do it sooner, but it's something that I had thought about for a long time. And at a point in my career when most people would have looked to another opportunity as an employee that was a step up, which certainly was available to me, but for most people, that's the linear path, that's what they would have chosen. And I really wanted to do my own thing and be my own boss for a long time. And I thought, you know what? If I don't do it now, I'm not going to do it. And I will admit, at first, it was quite daunting and quite scary. And when you're creating a plan, your plan is based on what you know that you know and what you know that you don't know. Because what you know that you know is pretty easy. You already know it. What you know you don't know, you have to, you realize you have some gaps and you have to somehow overcome them and you don't you know what the gaps are the hardest part is when there's something that you don't know that you don't know those are the kinds of issues we talk about the most on smashing the plateau they're the ones that hit you by surprise so yeah i i certainly face plenty of those and you know and i and i still do like everybody else so life is a journey and it's definitely not a linear process yeah that's a really great concept that i don't think people become aware of or get mentioned very often. Not knowing what you don't know is probably uh, something that's that affects us all, and we may not really be aware of it when it happens, but I think after enough of experiences of this, uh, you learn to recognize that that's part of the picture. So I'm wondering, since uh, there were obviously things that you didn't know when when you made the move. Have there been any regrets? I try not to have regrets because uh, I don't think it really serves us all that well. I mean, as I mentioned, I, I wish that I would have pursued an entrepreneurial path earlier in my life, but I, you know, you can't turn back the, the hands of time. It, it, it is what it is. You can make decisions now that will affect your future. You can't make decisions now that affect your past. That's a great answer. I'm glad you answered it that way because regrets really get in the way of enthusiasm. And I think one of the hallmarks of enthusiasm that we're trying to promote is the notion that, hey, it may not be a linear path. There may be some pitfalls and some mistakes along the way. But if you're focused on moving forward, uh, you don't think too much about, about regrets in those terms. I'm wondering, over time, with, with all the people you've interviewed. Is there a certain personality type or background or is there a kind of person who really should be an entrepreneur who may be misplaced by being an employee or in that kind of role? Is there somebody who you really encourage to to say, hey, this is this is the real you. You're an entrepreneur. I find that people generally 
fall into one category or the other. Either they are most happy as an employee where somebody else creates the overall strategy of what the, what the work is going to entail. Someone else creates the work structures and they're part of an organization where the organization has resources readily available that they need in, in order to do their job. And then there are other people that really like to create their own structures, like to have more autonomy over the decision-making process, and they like to have more control over how they can produce the desired outcome. I find that there generally isn't too much that's in between. And I find that there are some people who, particularly those that are maybe in the second half of their career, that have left employment because they got fired. And they say that they're starting a business or that they're doing consulting, but their heart isn't really in it. It's a lot harder to be an entrepreneur than than it is to be an employee. There are a lot of obstacles. If it were easy, everybody would do it. And there's a reason why, if you look at the statistics in America, something like 90% of, of businesses don't make it through the first year. It's definitely hard work. And if you're going from employment to entrepreneurship, it's probably going to take you a year, two years or more. If you're starting from ground zero and uh, particularly if you're bootstrapping a new business, it's probably going to take you at least a couple years before you are at the income level that you are at as an employee, especially for people that are highly talented professionals who are earning good income in their job. So, uh, yeah, so I, I find that people generally fall into one category or the other. And as I mentioned, that people who are entrepreneurs tend to be less afraid of risk and want to have more control over the path towards their destiny. Great. So if somebody is listening and they're hearing you say you have to work harder and you're probably not going to make much money at the beginning, what is it that keeps a new entrepreneur going? What is it that they should be looking for in terms of the rewards? Because obviously it's not just a matter of, well, I'm making less money and I'm working more hours. There must be some some reward for that. Well, one reward is you can determine your structure. So if that's something that's important to you, like for example, I have plenty plenty of friends that don't want to work a nine to five, Monday through Friday work week. I have a friend who I speak to regularly who plays hockey every Friday at 11 o'clock. You can't do that if you're an employee in a professional job for the most part. That, that's really hard to do. Now, he works pretty hard the rest of the week, but he makes sure that he has Friday afternoons off. I know other entrepreneurs that work really hard three days a week, like Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and they keep Monday and Friday clear for strategic thinking, family, etc. And I, I do the same thing with my time. I batch my time. There are certain days that I try very hard not to schedule client engagements. It's not try, try not to schedule programs with, uh, with clients so that I can do some work that requires some deep thinking, some alone time. There are days that if I need to take care of something personal, I know that I have the time available on my calendar. It hasn't been booked. That's something that I 
could not do as an employee. And then if something comes up that's an emergency, I have the control to move things around as I want to. Yes, being in a private practice as I am, uh, I can see the same benefits. You know, if you're operating, even if you've got a busy schedule and so on, you're the one calling the shots. And, and there are some, some real rewards to that. You hit on something just a little bit ago that I think is really important for at least uh, a significant segment of my listeners, and that's that some people are facing something they hadn't anticipated facing, such as looking for a job at in, in kind of the second half century of life or, or close to it. And I'm wondering, again, in some cases, we have company layoffs, we have people becoming kind of pricing themselves out of the job so that lower paid, less experienced workers are replacing them. Sometimes a company moves. There, there are lots of different reasons. But when somebody faces that, the, the notion of, I have to do something, what advice can you give them regarding, you know, whether it makes sense to consider being an entrepreneur when, when they haven't been doing that all their life? Well, I'm going to say two things. One is I believe everyone should have multiple scenarios for their work life, whether they're an employee or an entrepreneur. You should always have a plan B ready to go. And this is something that I advise people on all the time. So if you're an employee, even though th things may seem good right now, the likelihood is 100% or close to 100% of your revenue is coming from one source. And if that source dries up for, for any reason, whether it's because of something you did or not, you will need to replace it depending upon your lifestyle. It could be fairly quickly. So what, do you, what can you have ready to go that you can start? Whether it's planting seeds with a potential employer for another job so that you're not starting from ground zero in a job search, or if you've ever thought about doing something as an entrepreneur, or if because of your age, the likelihood of you getting hired again is relatively small, what can you do to begin something entrepreneurial as quickly as possible? And there, there are a few ingredients that I think are really helpful to keep in mind. One is you have to really understand two things about yourself. One is, what is it you love doing the most? And what is it you're most competent at doing? And where is the greatest intersection between those two so that you know where you have the greatest value you can offer? Second thing is, whom do you want to serve? Whom do you feel most compelled to serve and why? And what is it that they not only need, but they want? And what is it that they want on an ongoing basis so that you have some sense of who your ideal market is and how you can best serve them knowing what your skills are. That being said, that's sort of an in internal reflection. You've got to understand that and understand a little bit about the marketplace. But the tools that you're going to need to actually launch a business, first thing you're going to need is the positive mindset. When you leave an organization and you're starting something, you don't have a team right away. It's just you. And 
you probably know this from your, your own professional background, our minds do, can play some terrible tricks on us. And there's a lot of negativity that can float around and impede our progress. There are tools that you can use to make sure that you have as positive a mindset as possible at the start of every single day so that you're starting off on the right foot. And one way to have the right mindset is to surround yourself with the right kinds of people. So what you don't want is people who are naysayers who are going to say, well, Ron, why don't you just go and get a job? Wouldn't that be easier? That's not what you want to hear. You want to hear from people who are entrepreneurs who understand what you're going through, understand how hard it is, and can support you and say, listen, Ron, you're really good at this. Don't underprice yourself. Don't second guess yourself. Yes, it may take some time. Who do you actually need to talk to? Who do you need to develop relationships with? Maybe I can make some inter introductions for you. I can make some connections for you. Those are the kinds of people you want to be around. And you'll also find that it would be really helpful to do something consistently with other people who will support you, even if it's informally with something you organize. If you, if you don't have a lot of money to invest in a process, identify a handful of friends slash colleagues that you can get together with on a regular basis, perhaps weekly just to support one another. You're leaving organizational life and you're leaving that, that supportive team environment. So you need peer support and find yourself some people who can be mentors and guides who can help you see things you're not seeing because going back to what you don't know that you don't know is going to really be the biggest impediment. People who've done this before may notice those things and point them out to you. There are lots of resources to help you. Don't be afraid to ask for help. Don't be afraid to invest wisely in the right kind of help that will get you to where you want to be faster. And don't be afraid to ask people who can offer help that is not going to cost you any money and just be gracious about it. You know, people are willing to help if you ask them. And then finally, once you develop those kinds of relationships, because the relationships are really the most important thing, I would say, after the mindset, people do business with people they know, like, and trust. So developing relationships is really going to help if you don't have those kinds of relationships that, that may help your new business. Make sure you focus on those. And then develop the strategy and the, the plan for day-to-day -day tactics that will actually help you market and sell whatever it is you're offering. Boy, there's so much information in that response. I'd like to just summarize a couple of them that, that hit home to me. One is that you almost, almost everybody should have a plan B, that they should have kind of the mindset of the fact that there may be, for whatever reason, another direction to go at some point in your life. And then, obviously, given the work I do, the positive mindset is, is really, really important. I think this is particularly critical in the early days when you may be your only employee, and the more time you've got to spend inside your head, the more negative thoughts can creep in there unless you're committed to thinking in terms of what can go right. The importance of friendships, just the importance of being willing to invest in yourself to, to a certain extent to help you as a person grow and to help your business grow. I'd actually now like to ask you about the other side of the coin, sort of. If somebody is 
doing well. I've heard things both ways from non-experts. One is don't quit your job until you have a really good part-time gig going for yourself. Others say, you know, you're going to overload if you do, if you try and do too much. At some point, make a decision and then do everything you can to to make it work for you. Do you have any uh, opinion one way or the other? It really depends a lot on the individual. I interviewed someone recently who spent 10 years developing a side gig, got to the point where the side gig was pretty substantial, was ready to sign on a big piece of new business for the side gig that would make the side gig bigger than the job and then quit the job. Mm -hmm. So it was a fairly smooth transition financially. And I've also seen people who try to develop a side gig, but they don't put enough investment of time and money into it to really get it off the ground. On the reverse side, I've seen people who are out of work and don't put enough, I would say, they don't have enough of the positive mindset, the right relationships with the right people, and the consistency to keep at it long enough to see positive results. They're sort of self-defeating, even though they may be unemployed. And then on the other side, I've seen people who, because they're unemployed, they're so motivated and feel the pressure to move as quickly as possible that they develop their business much faster than somebody can develop it on the side. I'm thinking about one client who at one point had a consulting business, became an employee, became unemployed, and was restarting the consulting business. And with the right peer support, which is what we talked about a little bit earlier, having being on the right team and having some professional guidance, ended up building up income within, I would say, about six months that exceeded expectations. Hmm. Again, because of the peer support, the guidance, and the focus on doing it because they had to. So it really depends a lot on the individual. And I think you'd be best off asking yourself some questions about what spurs you to actually produce results, especially when it's hard. What spurs you to do things that are outside of your comfort zone so that you can grow? What spurs you to keep testing and iterating? Because business is an iterative process. You try one thing, you see how well it works, you keep doing what works well, and you make some tweaks to what's not working so well, so it will work better on the second step. And you just keep at it. It's, it's, a, it's a very like long-term iterative process. So what is it that will keep you motivated to keep testing, measuring, and iterating, and then moving forward again, over and over and over again, you know, hundreds of times, if not thousands of times? That will help you create long-term business success long-term, and long-term financial success. So really, I think it's a very personal answer. So a lot of wisdom in that answer, and it leads to the question since, I mean, many of the things you, you said are certainly not intuitive to, to somebody who's been working and not been an entrepreneur, uh, but basically been working as an employee, so on. So you mentioned the fact that it's important to have kind of a support system. 
but also to be willing to invest in yourself. So I'm wondering what somebody like you does when somebody asks you for for help. What what programs do you have, or do you work individually? Or I'm sure many people have are, are listening and just wondering, you know, how do I go about it? Sure. So we work with clients individually and in groups. Uh, the groups tend to be small curated groups of like-minded people. So they're generally anywhere from half a dozen to a dozen people. And I find that that's a size that provides enough personal attention so that your unique situation is addressed and there's enough diversity of peers in the room to provide some great support and additional feedback from others. So if you're interested, the easiest way to learn more is to go to our website, smashingtheplateau.com. There's a contact button. You can get in touch with me and I'd be happy to do two things. One is we have a tool to smash your plateau in 90 days, which will ask you a lot of questions that'll help you think about what's really important to you and how how you're currently dealing with whatever obstacles you're facing. And the second is you can schedule time to speak with me, be happy to answer any questions you have, help you come up with some kind of initial action plan. There's no cost for an initial conversation. And in addition to our website, I'm pretty active on LinkedIn. You can just look me up. You'll find me. If you can include the links in the show notes that may help yes. people who, who, who check on, on your website, Ron. But yeah, I'd be happy to, to help anybody who feels like they're really stuck and struggling with their, their own plateau. Great. We'll definitely include it in the show notes. I guess as we draw to a close, the message that I'm hearing, but I, I want to make sure that I'm hearing it correctly, is it sounds like you're sort of a cheerleader for entrepreneurship, that you believe in it. It's not for everybody, but it sounds almost like the bigger problem is not taking the risk, not getting the advice, or am I hearing you incorrectly? Well, you are hearing me correctly, and I'll, and I'll tell you why. I studied engineering in college, and when I got out of school in the 70s, the thinking at that time was, especially as an engineer, you go to work for a big corporation, you're going to work there for 30 plus years. They're going to take care of you. You'll retire and get a pension and you'll be fine in your retirement. Financially, you'll be okay and you'll be happy. Well, we all know that our world has changed a lot in 40 years and employment doesn't work that way anymore. So it's pretty much each person for her or himself. So even if you're an employee, you have to think like an entrepreneur and take care of yourself first, because if you don't, nobody else will. And the same tools that entrepreneurs use to assess risk, move forward, and be responsible for their own success, those are tools you can use as an employee as well. And if I'm, again, I'm doing a little bit of guesswork, but if I'm guessing correctly, it's actually, easy is probably the wrong word, but I think it's easier to be an entrepreneur now in the digital age where you can do some things more remotely, you can reach a greater number of people, the use of computers and so on, has opened avenues where you don't have to open a brick and mortar business as much to be able to be an entrepreneur. 
Does that make sense? Ron, it makes total sense. It's easier than ever to open a business with zero capital. A generation ago, or two generations ago, it was very hard to open a business without capital. Now it's really easy. Well, you use the term easy, so I'm, I'm glad I threw it out there. David, it's been so enlightening. I know our listeners gotten a whole lot out of this. I'm going to have to re-listen to it because I've been taking notes and I still miss things, I'm sure. But is there anything that I didn't ask you, anything that uh, you want to re-emphasize before we quit? Just make sure you take care of yourself first. Great advice. Great advice. So, and one final thing, once again, how do people get in touch with you? Although I will put it in the show notes. (laughs) smashingtheplateau.com. And you can also call our office nine to five Eastern time. A live person answers the phone 212-731-0770. Okay. It's been wonderful having you as a guest on the Rejuvenating Podcast. I appreciate all the advice. I appreciate your friendship and I'm really happy that that we landed you pretty early in these in this run of podcasts and we're about ready to sign out if anybody has any questions of me you can reach me at ron.kaiser at the mentalhealthgym.com thanks again to our guest david schreiner khan and looking forward to seeing you at the next podcast